Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. Today's date is January 20th, 2017. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. You know, on this day, the 20th day of January, on this kind of cold winter day, I figured today is as good a day as any to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, the Brewers are kind of a, I don't know, a case study of windows of opportunity. And the fact that when you, if everything falls together, when you have your window of opportunity, you could have a great feeling for your fan base. And even if it means only like one or two trips to the postseason, if you win it all once, what it does for the fan base, what it does for the collective mindset of a fan base is so tremendous that it can make a relatively modest postseason run look spectacular. And if you don't win it all, it could make a terrific postseason run look you know, far worse. You know, when you take a look at some teams that have won it all in, let's just take over the, you know, since the era of the strike, you know, since the post-strike baseball, when you take a look at, you know, you could say the Marlins winning two World Series between 97 and 2003, I mean, that in a way seems like a tremendous run, even though they had some terrible years in between. And then you take a look at like the Rangers who went on, Two separate runs of, of multiple division titles. You know, when you look at they won three out of four years in the late 1990s, and they won, you know, how many? They won four division titles this decade and another wild card trip along the way, and yet they couldn't close the deal. If the Royals don't win another World Series, don't make the playoffs again, this decade, they could still look and say that they took advantage of their window of opportunity because they won back-to-back pennants and they won the World Series. It's not fair. It's not fair that it all boils down to a handful of games in October. But do you know what? This isn't about fair. This is just about reality. The Oakland A's in the early 2000s, between 2000 and 2006, by all metrics except postseason, were one of, if not the most successful team in baseball. The most successful team in baseball were the Yankees. But the A's had 100 win seasons, all-stars, Cy Young Award winners, MVPs, a Brad Pitt film based upon them. They were the definition of a consistent postseason contender. And yet their legacy is unfairly, but is a failure. And the same with the Pittsburgh Pirates of the Barry Bonds 
Andy Vance like Doug Drabeck, Jim Leyland years. I realized I could have kept listening to the team. The Jose Lean, Jay Bell, John Wainard, Gary Varsho years. If they had won one of those, that would be looked upon as a tremendous success. You look at the Milwaukee Brewers. They made the postseason twice in the last 10 seasons. One, they won the wild card, and they lost. Both times they lost to the eventual World Series champion. And they lost when Sabathia started against the Philadelphia Phillies, and they lost a six-game league championship series to the eventual world champion, St. Louis Cardinals, in 2011. Now, think about those two years. In 2008, they hadn't been in the playoffs since dinosaurs walked the earth. And they're in the National League, which is I still find kind of weird. And they went for it. They understood. It was a team that understood that sometimes you have to say, F that prospect. Imagine if they held on to Matt Laporta who didn't amount to piddly-poo, but was the main cog in the deal that got them C.C. Sabathia. And Sabathia almost single-handedly pitched him into the postseason. Almost on his own. Pitched him into the playoffs. Now, when they got to the playoffs, they played the the... Philadelphia Phillies. Now, people forget that the best team in the National League that year were the Cubs. The Cubs were the team that everyone were going, this is our year, this is our year, 2008's our year. I bet you forgot that. But they got swept by L.A. And the, the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, Cole Hamels was pitching on another level that year, and he won the first game. And in that second game, it was Sabathia let up uh, the grand slam to Shane Victorino in that second inning after uh, Brett Myers had that great at-bat and got a walk and everything like that. Just imagine, though. You know, the Brewers won game three, and, but you know, the Phillies wound up winning the, the fourth game. Imagine if Sabathia pitches well in that game. Doesn't let up the grand slam. And they manage to push it to that fifth game, and Sabathia probably pitches that, probably wins. I bet the Brewers would go on to beat L.A. Because L.A. You know, caught uh, the Cubs at a, at a lull. And Milwaukee would want, go on to play Tampa. And, you know, was Tampa, would Tampa have won? Not 100% sure. But that window of opportunity was there. A thing broke the wrong way for one inning. When they won the walk-off game against the Arizona Diamondbacks in the final game in the, league, in the division series in 2011, remember at that point the Brewers, because the, the Cardinals had beaten the Phillies, who were the best team, they had home field advantage the rest of the way. The Brewers won that first game. They got clobbered the second game. And again, that one bad inning. One bad inning in game three of the league championship series. They let up four runs 
in the bottom of the first inning of Game 3 of the League Championship Series against the Cardinals. And that was an inning where there, there was sloppiness, wild pitch, double, double. They just got jumped off to a 4 nothing lead. And that was it. The, the, the Cardinals couldn't score again. The Brewers made it 4-3, but they lost by that. And in that, uh, in one of the games, um, Grinky got got hammered. Um, you know that that the game six was one where like each team hit a billion home runs, but it was game uh, five where Zach Grinky got torched. Now let's think about that. Zach Grinky, yet another Cy Young guy that the Brewers picked up because they went for it. And he got torched one inning. Sabathia got torched one inning in 2008. They had that one bad inning. You can point to three bad innings that the Milwaukee Brewers had in 2008 and 2011. Where if they had gone the other way, I think the Brewers move on. I think the Brewers were a better team than St. Louis in 2011. I think they were as good as the, I think they were better than the Dodgers, and I think they matched up well with Philadelphia in 2008, both the eventual world champions. Three bad innings, and Milwaukee Brewer fans have a world championship. They have a championship. You know, the White Sox got their championship in 05, were able to take the team off the hook. The Phillies had their championship in 08, got the team off the hook. That whole run that the Phillies went on where they lost one World Series, a League Championship Series, and Division Series, the sting of that was gone because of the title that they won in 08. The window of opportunity was there, and it seemed to be going on through 2014 where they were contending late in the season, and ever since the middle of 2014, they've been an abject disaster. The window of opportunity, gone for the Milwaukee Brewers. But let me tell you something about the Brewers. I don't think the Brewers are going to contend in 2017. I think the Cubs are very good. They won the World Series. I don't know if you read the paper, but they did. I think St. Louis is going to be a lot better than they were last year, especially if Walk is healthy. I think Pittsburgh has one last gasp in them. I think the Reds are a mess, and I think the Brewers are far from contending. But one thing is interesting. They fell out in 2014, and let that be a lesson of what they did. When you take a look at this team now, when you take a look at some of the pieces that fit, and you take a look at the likes of Jonathan VR and Domingo Santana are playing well for them, and that they're putting together a nice young nucleus that isn't quite ready yet, but is there. One thing that they did is they built upon the Astros model. And what I mean by that is the Houston Astros, when the bottom fell out and they became garbage, traded everything that wasn't nailed down. And in the process, flooded their farm system with talent. They traded for volume as well as quality.
It's a little bit of what the White Sox are doing right now with their farm sale. They're getting top prospects, but they're also getting volume in their farm system. Now, any casual look at the Milwaukee Brewers' top prospects you have, you have Lewis Brinson, who's a very talented outfielder, who will probably be on the major league team this year, as will pitcher Josh Hader. Okay? Uh, Isan Diaz is probably a year or so away. Uh, you know, Luis Ortiz, Mauricio Dubois, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Dubois, Dubois, Dubon, um, Phil Bickford, Marcos Duplan, Brett Phillips, Ryan Cordell. All these players are young in their early 20s, are quality prospects. Some of them are, are projected to be starters. All of them are projected to make the major leagues. That's how many do I list off? One, two, three, four, five, about 10 I just listed off. And VR, and uh, Keon Broxton, and Domingo Santana. All good young players in their system. What do they all have in common other than the fact that they are members of the Milwaukee Brewers system and are under team control for the next bunch of years? They were all acquired in trades. Everyone I just mentioned was acquired in a trade, in the Jonathan Lucroy trade, in the Carlos Gomez trade, in the Gene Segura trade, in the Will Smith trade, in the Giovanni Gallardo trade. Ortiz, Cordell, and Brinson all came over for Lucroy. Hader and Phillips came over for Gomez. They got quality prospects and quantity. They're going to pick well in the draft, but they have flooded their farm system and were able to say, hey, look at here is a player who is a major league commodity, and we are going to deal him and build because they understand the window of opportunity is slammed shut. And in some ways, the Brewers have shown the ways to operate and the way not to operate in terms of the window of opportunity. They traded away some players who some of them came back to haunt them, including Lorenzo Cain, in the deal for Zach Grinke. Matt Laporte and the players they fell off for uh, uh, Sabathia didn't come back to haunt them in those deals. But those were years where they said, hey, we have a shot. And if we plug a Cy Young Award winner into our team, we can get that championship that will be the moment that our entire franchise is remembered for. That our fans will have that for, the, for all time's sake. And they went for it. And I admire that. I admire that they rolled their sleeves and did it. And let me tell you something. If not for those three bad innings that I just mentioned, boom, boom, boom. One in 2008. On a, on a two-out grand slam. And the four-run inning in the top of the first. And, you know, the, that one bad inning they had against St. Lou. That, that they roughed up Zach Grinke. If those three innings were goose eggs, we would be looking at those moves as, man, that's so, so smart. You know, the Brewers won a title. Fans in Milwaukee got their championship. 
Yeah, they probably care more about the Packers, but it became a Milwaukee Brewer championship. It became something for the city that hasn't seen a World Series title since 1957. If I'm not mistaken, that's around the time Happy Days took place. So when you watch Happy Days, you think that that's being nostalgic for the time that they last had a title in Milwaukee. And now Happy Days itself is nostalgia. It's now 70s nostalgia. We're nostalgic for nostalgia. But it also takes the other, you know, the, the, the Brewers fell short in 1982 and 1981. That fifth game they lost to the Yankees. That game seven where they had a lead in game seven of the World Series. And, you know, had Raleigh Fingers been healthy for the World Series, would they have won? I don't know. Probably. Probably. But they didn't. And that window of opportunity closed. And that team stuck together too long. They kept Gantner and Cecil Cooper and Vukovic and all of them. They stuck together too long. Now, granted, Molitor and Yount got to play on one final contender in 1992, but they didn't make it. They fell short of the playoffs. The Brewers have demonstrated what to do when you are near and what to do when you are far. When you are near and you could bring in a superstar pitcher, you do it. Because them aces, and I don't say them aces often, probably made my mother cringe saying them aces. Them aces don't grow on trees. And if you can plug them in, even if it means some of your future, because you now have a present. You have a present. A small market team, and Milwaukee is a small market team, do not have the opportunities that other franchises do. That's a reality that has existed long before free. It's not a new thing. This is something that has existed since... Ban Johnson was running the American League in the early 1900s and probably before that. It's always been the case that there are smaller revenue teams and larger revenue teams and the smaller revenue teams have smaller windows of opportunity to win. And so when they do, like the Milwaukee Braves did in 1957, like the Pittsburgh Pirates did in 1960, becomes a moment of exultation and celebration. And when you have a chance to do it, you have a chance to pull the trigger. Yeah, it'll cost you the immoral Matt Laporta. Sometimes it may come back to haunt you, as you saw some of them winning and jumping up and down as champions of Kansas City, another team that took advantage of that window of opportunity, bringing in Shields to start the process, bringing in Johnny Cueto, when they saw World Series was within reach. Did Johnny Cueto stick around forever? No. Was he a superstar with Kansas City? Not really, but he threw a complete game victory in the World Series. And that's the last memory Kansas City fans have of him in a Royals uniform. And whatever it cost them to get him from Cincinnati, the Royals saw that window of opportunity, and Royals fans have that title to tide them over until supper. So, Milwaukee is not going to be good. 
in 2017. They're not. But they have a foundation of young players who they have brought in. They have flipped three or four players into about seven or eight or nine players, maybe even more, who may be there when they are ready to contend. And if when they're ready to contend and they look up and there's a Felix Hernandez or a Chris Sale who's available for trade, I bet you anything the Brewers are going to say, look it, this is our chance. This is our chance. Someday the Milwaukee Brewers will win a World Series, and it will be a great day for that franchise. It really, really will be. It could have been in 08. The only thing that stood in their way was one really good inning from the eventual World Series champions. It could have been in 2011. What stood in their way? Two bad innings against the, virtual, the eventual world champions. Someday Milwaukee will have it. And I have a feeling it will be because that year they knew how to play their window of opportunity. So, on this 20th day of January 2017, as good a day as any in the calendar year to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm going to do just that. And when they win the World Series, and if they do, and you look up and say, yep, there's Lewis Princeton. Yep, there's Luis Ortiz. There's Domingo Santana. There's Josh Hader. There's Phil Bickford. You can look up and say, yep, they built that from trades from other organizations. They knew when to hold them. They knew when to fold them. And eventually, it will pay off. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 20th day of January, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.